0: Good morning, good morning Rabutai, welcome uh, to the class and breakfast today is dedicated in loving memory of Vanessa's mom, Diana Cohen, Diana sponsored by Vanessa and Joe God. Breakfast is also dedicated in loving memory of Victor Shukur, Alava Shalom, Victor, Cheduri, Shukur, Ben Rachel, Shalom, sponsored by Leah and Freddie Ini. Uh, breakfast in the class is dedicated for the refouah of Meir Ben Adelia, sponsored anonymously. Um, as well uh, as the week of Kobru for in the uh, Sami Say in loving memory of Sami Sayed, Shlomo Ben sponsored by his son Isaac Syed. Um, in loving memory as well of Nurit Roshan Zamir Lilu uh, Lilunishmat Nurit Nushafarin Bat Hanum Behudah Alaya Shalom sponsored by uh, the Zamir family and um, and as well uh, for 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 uh, Yitzhak ben uh, Sara, that he should recover from surgery immediately. Rabbi, I gave a class last night, and the the uh, I was asked by a couple of people who went to the class. They asked me if I recorded it. So I said, sadly, I didn't record it last night. So they said, was there any way you could give it over today in the uh, in the class so that we'll have a recording of it because they wanted to remember. Uh, the Kli It's a fascinating uh, topic, um, so that's what we're going to learn together today in an abridged version uh, of what we of, of what we learned last night. You know, the end of uh, Yehuda's impassioned speech. Yehuda comes in and he says, "You know, I need to. You need to let Benjamin go. It's going to kill my father if you don't let him go. Please let me stay as a, as a slave instead." Um, because if not, how could I go and see uh, my father? I can't see the damage, the the uh, the pain that this is going to cost my father. You need to let me take his place. At this stage, Yosef can't hold back anymore. To all those that are standing, uh, that are standing there, he can't hold back. He's trying to play this game. He's trying to uh, to uh, give the brothers the tikkun uh, many different interpretations as to what Yosef's motivations were. But whatever the case is, whatever Yosef was trying to do, this pasuk at this stage is when Yosef, his his patience, his compassion wins out. He can't do it anymore. He throws everyone out of the room. Everyone needs to leave. And there was nobody there, says the pasuk, Bhitvada, when Yosef let itself let himself be known uh, to his brothers. Now I'm looking at this and I see a tremendous amount of pain, of uh, anger, of animosity between brothers that's coming to a head. You know, in uh, in all of the story that's and how it's developed. And now in this moment, you, Yosef is trying now to get past it. Lo <laughs> Yosef we learn from this conversation, five incredible tools, perhaps the most important tools, one might say, uh, of conflict resolution, of being able to bury the hatchet, to uh, put the fight aside and move on. All learned and gleaned from the teachings that come out of this one conversation. So Rabbi Thay, I wanna take you through these, uh, these ideas. The first thing is, okay, Yosef now he's ready to tell his brothers who he is. He raises his voice in crying the and Egypt hears Paro and the house of Paro hears. So his crying is so loud, it's so extensive, it's so uh, uh you know intense that not only does the house of Paro hear Yosef crying. But all of Egypt knows that Yosef is crying. This is not in the age of Twitter, Rabbi Otay, and Facebook and Instagram. No one could be, you know, shooting a story live saying, I'm right outside Yosef's room, the crying is crazy. You know, how did everybody find out about it? It was to such a degree that either the rumor mill was spreading it so fast or that it was so loud in physical volume that all of Egypt was able to hear Yosef cry. Unbelievable. But the question is, what did they hear? What did they hear? What did the house of Pharaoh hear? And it's interesting to note, all it says is, Vayiten He raises his voice in crying. Our rabbis tell us in the Barachah Shema Kolenu that we're asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for something interesting. Shema Kolenu Avona Yilukenu. Husverachem Aleinu. Kabel Berachamim Beratzon Et... Filatenu. So first we talk about Hashem, listen to our voice. Then we talk about listen to our and receive our prayers. El Chachamim explained that Shema Kolenu means, please listen to my voice without me even giving you any words. Sometimes Borei Olam can listen to the crying of a person without him having or her having elucidated, expressed any words words to that pain the pain itself is enough like it says in mitzray so the, just hearing the sound of the voice without anything more was enough here too yosef is crying but there are no words so why is this an important part of the story over here why is this the first thing we need to hear he's only going to tell them "Ani yosef in just a minute so what news were they transmitting? They were transmitting the depth and the profundity of his cries. Rabotai, the first step in ensuring that when you decide to make shalom, that the shalom sticks is, get the emotion out of the way first. Scream into a pillow, cry at home. Don't bring that to the meeting. Don't bring that to the table, because by definition, if you come to the table emotional, you're going to say something, you're going to express it in a way that you're going to kill the chances of your shalom lasting. So the first thing is, try as much as you can to get the emotion out of the way before you start. Now that Yosef has cried so loudly, he's so much pain in the depths of his heart that he got out that... The pasuk's telling you, look, everyone in Egypt was able to hear that, okay? That's how much he had to get out before he could utter a single word. And then what happens? As soon as he's got that out of the way, by Elechav, Yosef says to his brothers, Ani Yosef HaOda The first rule is, get the emotion out of the way. The second rule is, state your objective clearly. What do you want to get out of this? peace uh, offering. What do you want to walk away from the table with? Yosef says, I am Yosef and I'm not here to punish you. I don't want to yell, scream. You know, all I want right now is ha'od Chai. I just want our family to be back together again. I just want to see my father. He mirrors the sound that Yehuda says. Remember, what are the last words Yehuda says before the, the, the conversation shifts to Yosef? The last words he says, How can I go up to my father? I'm worried about what this is going to do to my father. Yosef says, me too. If this was me, I would have had pages and pages and pages. My speech would have been longer, right, than any speech uh, that any president ever made. You know, don't you remember what you did to me 22 years ago? You threw me in the pit. I had nothing to eat. I, you know, you did this, you did that. You you wrote, you t- sent my father the fake message. I went to Potiphar, Five's wife. I was sat in prison for years. Then I was born here. You don't understand the, the challenges. That I, on and on. I would have given it to them. I would have unloaded my gun straight into their face. And yet, what do we hear here from Yosef? Ani Yosef, ha'od It is very possible that entering into Shalom, it's important to remember that the, the, the problems that cause the situation that you're in are not going to be solved. But maybe it's enough to have something with the person, even if you can't have what you, what you once had. Maybe it's enough to be able to have a big Friday night dinner with all the family without two people being unable to be in the same room. Maybe you don't have to be business partners anymore, right? You feel the person did your heart, you know, he messed you over, okay. Maybe you don't have to be business partners. But can, can, you, can you be in shul and say Shabbat Shalom? Can the kids actually go over and play with their cousins? What's the agenda State clearly the objective of this peace process that you're coming to the table. And maybe you can't have everything, but maybe Ha'od Avichai, maybe our father can see us once again all together in the same room. You know, one of the great tragedies that I always felt for my grandfather. Salim Farhi Alab shalom You know, by the time his oldest, by the time his youngest child was born in halab. His oldest child had already escaped from Syria, because the situation then was very very uh, bad, okay, in the late 60s. Uh, after the 67 war, the Syrians took revenge on the Jews that they had under their thumb. They were humiliated in the war, so they took it out on the people, the locals, terrible things that went on over there, pogroms, you know, killings, crazy. So my father's oldest sibling had already escaped by the time the youngest was born. Then some of the family got stuck in Syria. Then other ones escaped slowly. Then some moved to America. And some moved to South America. And some moved to Israel. Rabbutai, because of the vicissitudes and the nature of life, all of the brothers, all the sisters wound up going for a bar mitzvah, being with them here, being with them here. But there was always one that wasn't able to make it. The first picture that exists of all of my father's family together is a picture that I took unfortunately at the funeral of my, of my grandfather. Which means that the first time all 10 members of the family were in the same room together was when they sat shiva for my grandpa, which means that my grandpa never laid eyes, not once in his life did he ever see his entire family in one room together. His eye, He never laid eyes on his whole family. Because that picture was taken on the first day of Shiva. Rabbotai, Yosef says, Ha'od Avichai, how many more years does my father have left? Look, we have issues, no question. And we'll resolve them when we can. But for right now, let's just bring the family together. Can we heal at least enough to be able to be there for dad? What a beautiful idea. Ha'od Avichai, state the objective. What happens after the objective is stated? Rule number three. They could not answer. They could not speak. They were so embarrassed from him. They withdrew. They pulled back. They were so humiliated. Once you've stated what it is that you want, Rabotai, it's important to say, to state what it is. That is the uh, impediment, is the challenge to peace. Now let's look at what Yosef says. Come close. When they come close, they still haven't said anything. I am Yosef, your brother. You sold me to Egypt. The extent of Yosef's uh, condemnation, the extent of Yosef's Tongue lashing is, I am Yosef, your brother, that you sold to Egypt. Chalas, that's the whole speech. So you want to be able to get to a place of shalom. You stated what you want. Okay, what's the roadblock? You have to state your hurt. You have to say what's the problem, What's, what's the challenge, what do we need to get past? But as important as it is to state your hurt, it is important not to overstate your hurt. Yosef could have talked about the loneliness. He could have talked about the treachery and uh, you know and the the, uh, the rebellion in the family against his father. He could have spoke about the betrayal. But Yosef, he doesn't go into feelings. He sticks with the facts. Most peaceful resolutions are never achieved. Because we get bogged down in the details that people can argue about. So don't talk about the feelings. Don't talk about the subjective parts of the story. Talk only about the facts. Yosef says, fact, I am your brother. Fact, you sold me. Fact, I came down to Egypt. There's no arguing on that. Yosef doesn't say, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything to provoke you. Because they would have had something to say about that. Yosef says, this is what happened. This is what we agree happened. We need to get past this. State, but don't overstate. Okay? Yosef says exactly what he says. So he brings them close. He tells them exactly how he's feeling. But the minute he says what the roadblock is, Once you've stated what the challenge is, Rabbi he does the the rule number four, which is now that you've expressed what it is that's going to get in the way, minimize the distance. Rule number four, minimize the distance. Ve'ata, what does mean? Now, he's telling them, now that we've just explained that you sold me, you sold your own brother, ve'ata, before anything else goes into your mind, don't be upset. Don't be saddened. Don't get angry. Don't stop fighting about this. Why? Don't worry. It's not such a big deal. Minimize. The larger the gap is between you, the longer the bridges to cross, the less likely it is that the other person is going to be able to cross the bridge. So what does Yosef do? Once he says, he states but doesn't overstate the hurt, what does he do? He says, look, we're so close one to another. Look at how little there's space there is between us. Because at the end of the day, what did you even do to me already? It's true, you sold me. It's true, I'm in Egypt. But look at how well it worked out. I'm sitting on the throne. I'm now going to be able to support the whole family. You know, Rabotai, if you do something, and we've all let somebody down in our lives, if you do something to hurt someone else, and then you come back to them, I'm so sorry, I can't believe it, you feel terrible. The person says, oh, don't worry, I know that you forgot me, but two seconds later, I was able, I, I managed to borrow the money from someone else, really, it was no big deal. You know, oh, you know, I, I'm so sorry, I was supposed to call the school for you to get the kid, oh, don't worry about it, my kid's already in, no harm done. You feel bad, because that's your, your deal is with God, is, you know, because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. But if you're worried that you hurt me, don't worry. I'm not hurt. So the next step is to minimize for the person the distance that they need to travel. Yosef says it twice. You didn't, you didn't send me. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent me here. There was a good reason. There was a good purpose. But Rabbotai rule number five is very powerful. Rule number five in making sure that a person's peace attempts Stick is found in the very next uh, segment of the Pasuk. The Pasuk tells us that after he tells them all of this, he says to them, you know, Go tell dad to come down. Your eyes see. And the eyes of my brother Benjamin That look, it's my mouth. I'm speaking to you. You can see it's me al um, mifashim explained that he said to them, Look, I'm speaking Lashon HaKodesh. You know that it's actually me. Another interpretation is he says, Kipi medaber." it's my mouth that's speaking. In our family, we only know how to say what we're feeling inside. Remember in the beginning? l'shalom. They couldn't speak to him l'shalom because they hated him. We don't speak in the mouth one way and in the heart another in our family. So if you hear me saying, I'm not upset at you. I want you to go get dad. I want to support the whole family. You can trust that I mean it. Because in our family, when somebody says it, that's what they mean. Okay? But the Mepharshim ask, what does it mean? Your eyes and the eyes of Benjamin. They're all standing there together. Whatever he sees, Benjamin, they see. Whatever they see, he sees. Their eyes are equal. They're all standing in a line in front. But we learned the most magnificent idea here, which gives us the last rule for today's class. And that is, Rabotai, Rabotai, Rabotai. <coughs> Let's look back at the beginning. When he tells the brothers, Ani Yosef, ha'od Vichai, is my father still alive? The pasuk says the brothers could not answer him. They couldn't open their mouths. Even when he calls them close, they still, it doesn't say they said anything. So Yosef is literally on a monologue here. He's, again, he's you know he's dominating the playtime you know he's on the field with the ball all by himself the first words they say is after the whole conversation he hugs and kisses benyamin he hugs and kisses his brothers and then finally the brothers say what they need to say look all the way and after all this his brothers spoke to him I don't know what did they say I imagine they said sorry Right? I'm imagining they said that that was when they said what they needed to say but up until this point they couldn't say anything they were dumbstruck they were literally like paralyzed by this realization okay listen to this Rabotai listen to this oh my gosh when Yosef says Ani Yosef it says all the brothers Nifalumi Panav they stepped back they were humiliated they were embarrassed they couldn't answer everyone stepped back except for yeah, mean. Benjamin didn't do anything. Not involved. Doesn't know what's going on. The have more rights. Unbelievable. Yosef said, Geshuna. He tells his brothers, Come close. Who do you tell to come close? Someone who is far away. He called the other brothers close and left Benjamin where he was standing. And then he said to the brothers, Ani Yosef. He told it to them close, so that no one, not even Benjamin, would hear. Therefore, the pasuk says, Enechem achi benyamin, your eyes and the eyes of my brother benyamin, who's not standing here. He's standing all the way in the back of the room. You both can see that I'm speaking to you. But Yosef didn't tell benyamin. And why didn't he tell benyamin? Because Yosef was communicating to his brothers, I'm not planning on letting anybody know. Not even dad. Rabbi Think about this, you want peace to last? Things need to be on a need to know basis. If this person, your wife, your brother, your father, your cousin, your uncle, your friend, no one else needs to know the details of this situation. Because if you bring them in, what are you doing? You're planting a tree of hatred somewhere else and while you're ripping the roots out over here, something else is growing somewhere else. You're ensuring that bury the hatchet doesn't stay buried. I always, you know, you hear this unfortunately time after time where uh, young couples, they'll fight, they'll go to the parents. You know, you don't know what she said to me. You don't know what he did. And you know what the mother says in that moment of hurt, in the moment of anger. Father, you know what they say? I never liked him. (laughs) Now the young couple, they patch things up. But you can't take that back. There's a no return policy on the words, I never liked him. Right? Because you're not saying, I agree with you, what he did was wrong. They're saying, I actually disagree that he was ever the right person for you. Yosef Fasadiq says to the brothers, remember, what was my objective here? My objective was, our father, HaOd If he's the objective, Why would I bring this to him? I'm not going to say anything. Once the brothers see, He says, Your eyes and your brother Benjamin's eyes see the mouth that is speaking to you. He's saying, You both see my mouth, but you don't see it the same way. You guys can hear what I'm saying, but Benjamin's all the way over there. If you doubt my motives, why do you think I haven't brought him in on this? I'm not planning on telling anybody." And suddenly the brothers find it, they find their voice, they realize that not only is it Yosef, but that he has no bad intentions towards them. And then, and finally, his brothers speak to him. Rabbi I always point out that the funny thing is, right? Who's supposed to be the one that's supposed to make the first move here? The People that hurt the, the other person. So many times a person is sitting there waiting for someone else to say sorry. You know what? I'm perfectly fine. I don't need them anymore. I don't need her anymore. My business is fine. My family is fine. I'm married. I have a family. They don't want to. Okay, I'm no, I'm right over here. I'm fine. When they want to come to Shalom, I'm right over here. They know my address. Who's supposed to say sorry? The brothers. And yet Yosef, even though they don't say one word, He doesn't wait for their sorry to start the process of peace. He does everything that he needs to in order to allow them to be able to get there. Because I think the words are so important. The pasuk doesn't say that they didn't want to answer. The pasuk says, They were incapable. Understand sometimes that people are incapable of apologizing. It's too much of a burden, there's too much guilt in order for them to admit that they were wrong. So take the first step. Ultimately, you have to ask yourself what your main objective is, and if the objective is getting back to a place where that works, sometimes that requires you to say something, you to do all the talking, even if they're unwilling or incapable to be able to do so. So let's review the five steps. The first step is, Take the emotion out of it. Get out all your anger before you come to the table. Your upset scream, talk to whoever you need to talk to in order to be able to get this out of the way so that when you come to the table, you're actually in your most rational and calm state of mind that you can be. That's by Tenet Kolor. The second step that we learn in, in, in this conflict resolution is state, to state your objective. Say what you wanna get out of this meeting. If the person doesn't understand what you want, they might think that what you're trying to get is something that they can't give. So be clear about what your objectives are. Even if you can't have the whole thing, at least you can have a part, and that's oftentimes more than enough. Now that you've stated the objective, state the challenge. What is the problem? What is the hill that we need to climb? The fact that I was hurt here. And stick to the facts, don't overstate um uh the uh, the uh, uh, hurt don't express with all sorts of you know adjectives and feelings and expressions because those things will bog you down the person will argue about the way it happened or the way it seemed stick to the facts about what happened exactly what happened which is indisputable now that we know that that's the fight that brings us to rule number four which is if this is the hill, Let's minimize the difference. Anyway, you know what? Bottom line, it's not that big a deal. I'm in a better place now. Uh, I learned to grow from the way you treated me, dot. Minimize the difference. And finally, last but not least, is the need to know basis. People don't need to know. Don't talk to everyone else. The only people who need to be brought in on this is you and the other person, or possibly the person that's mediating. No one else needs to know. Benjamin is kept out of it. Yaakov is kept out of it. And of course, everybody else, the Egyptians, the only thing that they've heard is Kol. They don't know anything else, none of the other details. Preserving that person's dignity and making sure that you haven't planted other elements in other places while you're dealing with this here will give you the best chance for success.